The good news is that you don't need to sit down and read the Bible from cover to cover in one massive chunk. All you need to do is read it one bit at a time. G'day everyone, my name is Mark Schroeder and welcome to Schroeder's Bible Bits. I'm a college chaplain and my job is to teach children and youth the wonderful truths that are found in God's Word, the Bible. I speak at chapels, at youth services, at church services, I teach at kids clubs and lunchtime Bible groups. Uh, At all of these places, I always teach from the Bible because I'm convinced that from the Bible, we get to learn about God and how He has loved us and how He has saved us through Jesus. Tune in and continue to learn about Jesus for yourself, not in one chunk, but bit by bit. Okay, so uh, we're looking at the book in the Bible called John's Gospel. John is one of the Gospels in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, okay? And it gives us lots and lots of details about the life of Jesus, yeah? And John says that he's written about these things about Jesus so that you would see and believe, right? So that you would believe in him and have life. That's why John has written these things all about Jesus. And so as we've looked at this book, we've seen some pretty incredible things that Jesus has done that John doesn't call miracles. What does he call them? Do you remember? Signs. Good remembering you soon. He calls them signs. I wonder if you've ever been in some particular place at just the right time to witness something amazing happen. Has anyone been in that sort of situation? There's a radio segment on, on a podcast and on a radio station with Hamish and Andy. You guys know Hamish and Andy? Yeah? Hamish and Andy. And they do this thing called Incredible Drops. Uh, and they talk about how sometimes somebody might drop something and then incredibly something happens to that thing and you've just got to be there at the right time to witness it happening. So they talk about a guy who's sitting there with a bottle and he's drinking out of the bottle and the bottle's a bit condensation-y on the outside. And while he's holding it there and he's like in between a sip, the bottle slips out of his hand, it falls to the ground, it bounces off the concrete back up again and he catches it and he takes his next sip. It's like, whoa, incredible drops. Have you ever done something amazing like that? And you just wish that somebody was there to witness that very thing. A few years back, while I was at university, I used to work at a camping ground. Uh, it was a big campsite called Camp, um, Camp Watersley, Watersley, with Anglican Youth Works. And my job down there was to take kids on canoe trips, on hiking trips, on all kinds of fun adventures, right? Uh, it's a great place. It's a great place to work. And we'd, we would live down there, right? And we would spend lots of time just hanging out in the bush uh, with students and school groups, kids like you, right? When you go on camp, we would look after you on those camps. You know, there was one time that I was down waiting on the Shoalhaven River um, and while I was sitting there in the Shoalhaven River waiting for a group of students to come, I was sort of just sitting on the bank and I look up in this big gum tree and at the top of the gum tree was this massive big white ocean hawk, a big sea hawk, like a big eagle. And I looked at it up there in the tree and I was like, what's that thing doing up there? The next minute, he just jumps, it launches itself out of the tree, it tucks into this neat little dive ball, goes straight down towards the water at like a thousand miles an hour, and then, boom, splashes into the water, and then flaps its gigantic wings 
up and out of the water and in its talons it's got this mega fish, the big fish in its grip and it flies to the top of the tree and then it hoes into that, into that piece of fish and enjoys its meal. And it was one of those things where you just had to be there to see it. No one else was around me and I'm like, whoa, I just I couldn't hold and contain my excitement of seeing this amazing thing. It's got a whole different level of seeing like a pigeon eat birdseed to see an eagle smash down in the water and pull out a fish. Has anyone experienced something like that before? Well, you've seen something that's absolutely amazing. Yeah, cool. Another time I was on that same river with a friend called Jimmy. And Jimmy and I were in the front of a tinny, like a little teeny boat. And while we were cruising along the river on the tinny, behind our boat, like this bloke here in his boat, he's only got one canoe, but we had two rows of canoes roped up behind us, two rows of 10 each. And we had about 20 canoes just floating behind our boat and we were dragging them up river, ready for a group of students to get in and then paddle back to camp. And we were cruising along and, and I was sitting in the, in the bow of the boat, that's the front of the boat, looking backwards towards my friend Jimmy who was driving the boat and we were just sitting there having a bit of a chat. And all of a sudden, we must have, we must have um, driven the boat over the top of a school of fish and spooked them. And the fish start jumping out of the water. And while they're jumping out of the water, one of them, bunk, landed in our boat in between me and Jimmy. And there it is, this big fish. And you know how fishermen, they always exaggerate. They're like, the fish was this big. This fish was literally, it was about 30 centimetres big, right? It was, a, it was a full, like, big, chunky fish. We're like, no way. Anyway, we, let, we kept it, right? We, we kept it nice and cool and we took it back to the campsite. We gave it to the chef. The chef cooked it up and prepared it all. He stuffed it filled with tomato and onion and he baked some potatoes and he made some yummy sauce for us. He put it on a dish after baking it in the oven and we enjoyed this fish fresh out of the ocean. We didn't even chuck a line in to catch that thing. It jumped into our boat. It wanted to be eaten. <laughs> Have you ever been in a situation like that? Right? Yeah, cool. So, so you understand, right, that these amazing, perfect timing moments, these moments where it's just an extraordinary time you had had were there at the right moment to be able to witness something extraordinary. Well, we're going to see Jesus do something extraordinary at just the right time in sign number five today. This is the fifth sign that Jesus performs, and it's going to be a familiar sign to you. And I reckon you will have heard it many times before and you've maybe even pretended to try and do the same thing. Eyes to the screen, let's read this story together. When evening came, Jesus' disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not yet joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed for about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. <coughs> Excuse me. But he said to them, <coughs> it, it is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realised that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realised that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. Have you heard this story before? 
Yeah, it's familiar, isn't it? It's a pretty amazing story. Let's look into this story a little bit and make note of some of the things that are happening. You can see that the text there, I've made some of the text a little bit bold for you so that you can stand, you can see some of the things that I want to notice with you. So first thing is that it is dark and the disciples are on their boat and they are cruising along the lake in the night time. That would be scary, don't you think? Imagine being out on the lake in the pitch black. They don't have beautiful, big, high-powered torches and head torches and spotlights. Uh, These guys, this is before those sorts of times. It would have been dark. It was scary. They're out on the water traveling along. Jesus is not there with them. But while they were out there cruising along this big lake on this dark night, what do we notice about the conditions that they're in? What starts to blow? A strong wind. It gets stormy. A big, strong wind starts to blow and the waters grow rough. I'm terrible when it comes to boat rides on a rough ocean and I get terribly seasick. Is anyone like that? Hand up if you get seasick. I'm horrible, right? I'm shocking. Mrs Schroeder and I went on this fancy cruise one time with P&O and we're sitting there in a fancy restaurant heading through the harbour and it was lovely and calm. But then we got out through the heads and into the little bit of the swell and I just instantly turned green. And I was rough as guts, very, very sick. And, and I was not well for a couple of days. I had to take those seasickness tablets. So I was okay. Likewise, another time we were out watching whales and I, I didn't care about the whales I just wanted to make sure that I could get off that boat as quickly as I could. I was seasick. These guys are out on the water and it grows rough. It's dark. It's windy. The waters grow rough. Have you been in a boat on a really stormy trip? It's actually terrifying. We, I was once going from um, Queensland across to the Whit Sundays um, with a group of friends on these little boats And halfway across, it became stormy and rough. And the boat was thrown around like it was nothing at all. And and to be honest, we thought we were done for. We thought, this is it. We're going to get thrown over. We're going to get flipped over upside down. And we were scared. There was one point where we were laughing at first. And then it went very, very quickly from laughing to just silence because we were nervous that this was the end. Well, the disciples here, they're in this boat. It's got rough, it's dark, it's windy, but it doesn't say that they're they're afraid or they're scared. It actually says in verse 19 that they keep on rowing the boat for three or four miles. So they just keep working, don't they? And that makes sense because what was the disciples' jobs before they followed Jesus around? Do you remember? They were fishermen, right? They're used to being on the water. They're used to being in a stormy boat. And so they just keep rowing. But there is something that makes them afraid there is something that frightens them do you see what it is what is it it's Jesus but it's not Jesus dressed up as something scary it's Jesus doing something which is somewhat frightening isn't it Jesus is out in the middle of the stormy sea in the wind on the waves and he is walking on the surface of the water I can imagine that moment and I can understand completely how spooky that would have been to have seen could you imagine it It's scary enough when you're in your room and somebody appears outside your window and it's your kid brother or sister or your mum or your dad just walking by. Has that ever happened to you? I remember once sitting in my room and next minute I look up at my window, it's my dad and he's like, ah, and he scares me and I'll scream like a little kid. Ah, what are you doing? This is when I was young. I couldn't believe it. It scared me. Here's Jesus walking out on the waves and rightly so, the disciples are frightened. But they don't stay, stay scared for long, do they? Why do they stop being scared? They recognise Jesus, don't they? That Jesus says, don't be frightened, it's me, it's I, don't be afraid. 
And then in verse 21, they are willing and they take Jesus into the boat. Now, what's cool about this story as well, at the end, we see it looks like time travel. Did you notice that? Do you see the time travel in this story? This happens a couple of times in the Bible where somebody instantly travels somewhere after doing something. It's like, this is well before Star Trek. Beam me up, Scott, he's not even a thing. And we see here that they trust Jesus, they get Jesus into the boat and immediately, the boat reaches the shore where where they're heading. This is an incredible story where Jesus is out walking on the water, but we actually see that Jesus meets the disciples' needs, doesn't he? They were there and at just the right time, perfect timing, isn't it? More perfect timing than a bottle slipping down and bouncing up and catching it ready for another drink. More incredible than seeing an eagle duck down and get some food. More incredible than being at just the right place at the right time to catch a fish as it lands into the boat. Jesus is there at just the right time for the disciples so that he can get into their boat in a scary, dark, stormy night and help them to time travel across the lake to get where they're heading. But as well as that, in this story, we see that Jesus is better than an Old Testament champion in the Bible, a guy called Moses. Hands up if you have heard of Moses before and you know all about him. Moses was a very big hero in the Bible who rescued God's people from Egypt. And one of the most incredible things that Moses did to help God's people be free is he led them out of Egypt and through the Red Sea. You know that story? The sea parts And God's people walked through under the surface of the water, but on dry land, the ocean separates. Do you see here, though, in this story, Jesus is better than Moses, isn't he? Jesus doesn't need to part the sea, because what can Jesus do? He just walks on top of it. See, Jesus is showing that he is the one who is able to meet the disciples' needs. At just the right time, he has come. At just the right time, he is there for them. I want to say to you that Jesus has come at just the right time for us. Now, obviously, it's not when we are in a boat in a stormy night. It's not needing, we're not needing him to part the Red Sea for us. But actually, Jesus has come for us at just the right time when we were in our sin. And this is where our Bible verse comes from, from this year, our college verse from Romans 5. It says this, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Have a look at that verse again and figure out at what time did Jesus come for us. (coughs) Can you figure it out? Look at the verse. At what time did he come for us? Yeah. While we were still sinners. Do you know what that means? It means that while we were his enemies, when our backs were turned against God, when we didn't have a relationship with him. And actually that's at just the right time because if we stay his enemies, the consequence for that is pretty severe, isn't it? The Bible tells us that the consequence for our sin is his death. But God loves us so much that he sent Jesus for us to come for us at just the right time to save us. And what I love about that verse, you see what it says there as well. At the very beginning, it says, you see, at just the right time when we were still what? What does it say? Powerless. It says powerless. Imagine the disciples rowing their boat, right? They've been rowing for three or four miles. It's about five kilometres. 
And while they'd been rowing for about five kilometres, they had not yet reached the other side of their shore, had they? Jesus gets in and what happens? Instantly, they get there. For us, we are powerless in our sin. There is nothing that we can do to get rid of our sin by ourselves. We need Jesus to get into our lives, sort of like we need Jesus to get into our boat, don't we? But the thing is, we need to be willing to let Jesus in. Like the disciples were willing, weren't they? They were willing to let Jesus into the boat. So I want to ask you, are you willing to let Jesus into your life so that while you are powerless in your sin, he can solve the problem of your sin and instantly, straight away, you can be back in relationship with God again? Remember, these things here are written so that you would what? Believe. These things are written so that you would believe that Jesus is the Christ and that by believing in him, you would have eternal life. And so the question today is, do you believe in him? Will you believe in Jesus and let him into your life so that he would forgive you for your sins and you would be saved for all of eternity? Thanks for listening, everyone. You can get in contact with me via Twitter at MRK Schroeder or on the Anchor app, you can actually leave a voice message. I'd love you to do that and I might include it in the next podcast. Catch you later.